Yeah, it's incredible that you know Carol so well. You know what she's going to drink before she starts drinking. So I don't know. Is mixing uh, the tea I made last night with bourbon really considered bougie? Uh, if you have, I did not specifically make it for a cocktail. I just <laughs> left the pot out on the counter and then said, "I'm going to make that in my cocktail." I'm going to put that. If you have goldfish with it, yes, that's pretty bougie. Gold, yeah. gold yeah. schlager, a goldfish. Goldfish, yeah, not gold. No. Yes, I have not I've had, had like a bottle gold of gold slogger in my house for like eight years. I have had gold slogger since 1995 when I was drunk in Vegas. Did you remember what home. year it was? <laughs> Maybe she doesn't I, go to Vegas that often. <laughs> well, from here it's like super cheap. So I used to go, I used to go a lot. And but yeah, when I was like um hanging out with Omar Epps and that was, this is already getting out of control. <laughs> already. All right. You're going to have to sober up to to help us navigate this podcast. Oh, yeah, um, this is happening. How many shots did you take? The fine shots. Or how many? How many? How much alcohol did you consume over the short amount of time? Um since we've been preparing for a lot. Don't you like, you know, mine has been less a lot. You can like, Do you heard all that stuff she listed that she started talking about at the beginning. She needs that. She needs to escape the reality of I, that line of thought. Right I am now. Not, I'm not judging. I'm not judging. I'm just saying. I, I'm just I, I to, I, if anyone needs a drink, I totally understand like that feeling. Uh, yeah, Sometimes yeah. the feelings have just got to die. <laughs> <laughs> you have to drown them in alcohol. Yeah, no, I totally get it. If, whatever, whatever floats your boat. If there's literally Extra anyone fries. on this planet who understands the need for alcohol consumption at this point uh, in in the day, week, month, year, it is your boy over here. I can totally relate. Uh, but all right, we'll just we'll figure it out. Uh, no matter how sober or how much of a lack of sobriety we we all have individually. Yeah, uh, and in case that part ended up in the pod, I don't want to sound like I was encouraging all of those addictive habits. Like, <laughs> I'm like, if you're down, do some drugs. <laughs> hey, look, you know, look, oh, I, the way I cope with a number of issues in my life is through copious amounts of alcohol. So I, 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 yeah. I guess if I'm the bad guy in that department, oh, well. Uh, and I write terrible songs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. One, two, three, four. Hey, this is D-Night. This is Carol. This is Ty. And you're listening, and Ty is drunk, and you're listening to the Party Insurrection Podcast. Uh, where we vote for presidents who don't need immunity because they never tried to overthrow the fucking government. But before we get to all of that, of course, we we have to give a shout out to our sponsor, Sheets and Giggles. They have the most incredible sheets on planet goddamn Earth. And if you're getting terrible nights of sleep, it's probably because your your sheets suck and you need to upgrade. Stop being cheap. Stop being broke. Get off your ass. Do some work. Make some money. Buy you some sheets 
from sheetsandgiggles.com. And, you know, suck you, your shitty sheets. And, you know, I guess <laughs> if, if it's out of your control and you can't help but being broke like the rest of us, uh, we got some links in the show notes for you to get a little discount on those sheets from Sheets and Giggles, courtesy of part of the interaction. You're more than welcome. Also, we got a couple of other things in the show notes, some links to su- support the show. I mean, I don't really feel comfortable asking for your money. Um, Giving you money. Because I don't do this for money. I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ty has been endeavoring in some difficult financial times. So if you want to support Ty's alcohol habits, uh, you can, you can like sign up to support the show. I recommend not getting like, you know, fantastically wild with your contribution. Uh, we're probably not worth it. So $3 a month, I think is the lowest possible option. Go with that. And there's some people who've like subscribed to my Twitter account, like the subscription where you, she's got some Svetka, uh, that, that is a, that is a brand of vodka. Uh, I suggest if you are in the alcohol consumption business, first of all, avoid vodka just in just generally speaking uh, but if you must consume vodka do better than shvetka uh, did you just say it was eight dollars ty 18 18 oh goodness yeah well there goes our vodka sponsorship i'm sorry um no there's some people signed up like subs- subscribe to my twitter account where it's like you know you can um subscribe for like two dollars a month or something on mine and I don't ever tweet anything for those people. Like the only reason I signed, this is a long tangent. I don't even know how I got started on this. Um, but yeah, the only reason why I started the subscription thing was so I could sign up for like Twitter blue and engage in like the, the uh, ad affiliate program where Elon pays you to, you know, based on your views to post or whatever. So I basically pay $8 a month for Elon to pay me like a hundred dollars a month for all the fucking tweeting that I was going to do anyway, uh, for free. Uh, yeah, that's fucking incredible. Oh, wow. It seems like, um, the very essence of kind of a pyramid scheme there, but if you, <laughs> one of the most successful regular type people on Twitter is only pulling in a net $92 a month for, for all of their effort. Wow, he is getting a really good deal out of you. Uh, so here's the thing, right? I it, th- this is I had no plan on talking about this. I don't know how the fuck I even got on this tangent, but oh, because I I derailed you. Well, okay, so there are ways that you can like milk the system to get a lot a lot of views. Like one way, a lot of people have been doing it, and this is just you know anecdotal evidence from what I've seen is like you put these replies on these viral tweets, videos and shit. And it might, the shit might have like 30, 40 likes, but it got like 50,000 views. So if you're putting this like random video nonsense responses to these viral tweets, you can get, you can get tens, if not hundreds of millions of views a month. I assume those people are probably making quite a bit more money off of this endeavor than I am. Like I said, again, I wasn't doing this for the money. I, you know, I was just already tweeting. So I was like, fuck it. He can give me some money to do what I was going to do anyway. Like, this is, this is what you get. Like, all right. You want to be a fucking asshole and a dick to your, uh, you know, your subscriber base telling them to pay you $8. Okay. Pay me a hundred. Uh, anyway. So the subscription thing comes with like a, you get like $2 and you can, uh, you know, post 
private content to just your, I, I guess your paying audience or whatever. Uh, like the way I intended to dissuade people from paying me $2 to subscribe to the thing is by saying that like the content would be like nudes. <laughs> so I was hoping that people would like clearly understand that, Hey, this is not a, like a serious option. Like don't send me money. You're not going to get anything. And people just like signed up anyway. I don't know. They don't know what the fuck people are doing. Well, that seems like quite the bargain on nude photos. Um, I would think <laughs> the going rate should would and should be more than two dollars. I mean, well, yeah, yeah maybe if I if I were actually, <laughs> I mean, if I were actually posting nudes, maybe I'm not out here on this Drake shit. Yeah, I'm just um, saying they might think that wow, two dollars for nudes, what a fucking bargain! Click. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. I currently have 47 subscribers on Twitter or 42 subscribers on Twitter paying me $2 a month for who the fuck knows, but I appreciate you guys. I guess I should give you a shout out on the podcast. Oh, is that where days. you, so you're not getting that money from your views. That's the money from the money you mentioned earlier is from your followers. No. So, so I'm getting, I, I get, I, I, there's a payout per month from the um, subscribers and there's also a payout on a semi-regular basis. That's not, it's like a incremental basis. It's not really look the way this whole fucking system works is totally dysfunctional. It's like he slapped some shit together at the last second because he had a fucking light bulb go off in his head. Like there's no rhyme or reason to how much or when you get paid. So I, it just kind of like, I, I, it's, this is stupid. I get payouts at random intervals. It just, but it's not important. Like, I don't care. I just don't, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Um, totally unnecessarily long tangent that I ran off into as, as Ty is getting her beauty sleep, um, after consuming quite a, quite a bit of Svetka, uh, and, and Svetka, if you're listening, we love your, we love your, we love your vodka, even though I'll never drink it. Nah. Um, but but still feel free to sponsor the podcast. I'm more of a whiskey Ray guy. Ray you're listening. No, I'm still not really that interested. I like whiskey. I like whiskey. Jack is my friend. Like, we go way back. You hear but, that, Jack Daniels? I'm in Tennessee, baby. Hook your boy but, up. Willits. I don't know if you guys know Willits. But I want to pay $18 all day, every uh, day. I also yeah. like tequila. Like, that is probably oh, my Willits second favorite. Bourbon. Yeah. I'm going to tell you $18. Anyway... So in case you miss it, it was a, it was a major news day and it's also been a while since like the three of us have gotten together in, in that case, it's been like a major news month. Consequently, I did miss it already. Well, I'm I mean, totally I guess, ready. I'm, I'm totally, I am confident in bullshitting through anything. That's, that's totally fine. I, I'm not, I, but I'm going to do it. You're a lawyer. So that kind of goes with the territory. Yes. And a theater nerd. Yes, that right. Is true. So you've got like acting skills, and you've got um like total BSing your way through complicated litigation skills. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's the the perfect skill set for this podcast. So uh, the DC Appeals Court finally issued their ruling, saying that no presidents or at least former presidents ain't got no such thing as presidential immunity basically ensuring that this trial in DC uh, barring some unforeseen circumstances at the Supreme court will take place before the presidential election. 
the Trump is probably going to be convicted of basically attempting to stop the peaceful transfer of power on January 6th. Uh, meaning that we're likely going to have a 2024 election between President Biden and a convicted felon. Um, we don't have time necessarily to go through the entire ruling. It's 57 pages. You know, if you would like to scroll through that on your own, feel free. Some of it is fairly revelatory. Some of it's kind of anodyne arguments about jurisdiction, uh, which aren't not Did important. Did you just use big words? <laughs> not as big as Poughkeepsie, Ty. <laughs> You'll uh, never know how to spell it. No, I'm just kidding. Basically, the Supreme Court, in 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 so few words, ruled that Trump is indeed indictable, or at least that's <laughs> uh, the way Marjorie Taylor uh, would like to pronounce it. Trump is indictable. Ain't no such thing as presidential immunity. Marge likes to consider herself pretty indictable. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> She's able to get the dick in, but yeah, she's she's been indicted quite a bit since her arrival uh, to Congress. Hair, all that was gross. <laughs> um, because it's Marjorie Taylor. That was such a good one. Jeez. Hey, look, I I feel like we are we are slandering Marjorie Taylor Green here because you know we haven't necessarily seen her engage. I in love this for her. Any outright hoe ish behavior? I didn't say she was a hoe. No, but I mean, like, we're implying some... It's implied. That she's had sex before? Not that she's that had she sex before. Implied, you know, implied, but I mean, she's not like... She's I would not never like, use that as a slur. No, but I'm just saying, she's I, not like... I would high-five her even and then punch her because she, she sucks. Yeah, she sucks. High-five her first for her sexual conquests. You get it, girl. But um, then don't turn around and be a fucking hypocrite and... No, yeah, that's that also the issue. She's also never been like at a theater groping dick in front of kids. So, like whatever, th- like unkind things you might want to say about Marjorie okay, Green's promiscuity. Time, but I was there. I'm not gonna slut shame. But <sighs> anyway, so long story <laughs> short, the Supreme Court ruled a number of things in this in this attack on. Trump's claims that a president the needs Supreme immunity. Court. Wasn't it the appeals? I'm sorry. Did I say Court Supreme Court? It's been a long day. Yes. The D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals ruled that uh, among a number of things that one, Trump doesn't have immunity. It would be, be insane to give a president immunity for a number of reasons. But largely, if you did give the president immunity, you would basically end democracy. You would end like the separation of powers. You would end checks and balances. Like a president could basically do anything like part of the president's job. It's written in the constitution is to faithfully execute the laws. If you gave a president immunity, but what would happen to the supply chain? Like it would fall apart. <laughs> the supply chain. <laughs> It's when you right. change one supply for another along a chain. <laughs> All right, there's this video of Trump being interviewed by Fox News. I can't remember which particular host, uh, in which he claims that um what was it? He's saying that Biden broke the supply chain. Uh I I'm totally assuming he meant supply chain there. Well, don't assume because we're uh, talking Yeah, that's about that's food. the thing, right? And I was like, well maybe <laughs> 
you know, maybe his favorite band is the Change Smokers. I don't know uh, what was going on there. But yeah, it's so. Working on the change. Back to DC. An, another thing, uh, they they basically set up. Uh, well, Who's they, they the DC the court. court of appeals. Uh, no, the thing we were just talking about. Got it. Just wanted to help the people in the back. Yeah, they basically set a mandate uh, that as of next week, barring some kind of appeal to the Supreme Court. Uh, the stay on the D.C. trial would be lifted, likely meaning that given that we've basically had a two month delay, thanks to this appeal, that Trump's trial in D.C., again, barring some some shenanigans from the Supreme Court, will probably be on track to take place sometime around at the earliest, the end of May, but more likely June, because we've it's been like a two month delay. You tack on two months from the original date of, of the DC trial for his January six activities. And you end up somewhere around, mm, I don't know. Again. Unless they're ready. Unless they're ready. I'd be ready. I mean, so the thing like, is, no, you're not, there's not fucking giving you a two month delay. Fuck you. No. Nah, so Chuck won't do that because she's already said in, in a number of, uh, on one occasion that Trump probably needs at least seven months to prepare for the trial. And given that this thing has been on hold for a couple of months, uh, you know, and he had only had five months to prepare up to this point, it's probably going to give him the extra time. I mean, again, uh, thanks to this appeal and the ruling for the, from the DC circuit court of appeals, uh, there was a stay. There was like, he basically had no obligations to continue preparing for trial uh, while waiting for this interlocutory appeal. That's probably a fancy word. You're going to hear bandied about. Uh, it, it's just basically like a, an appeal that can take place before the trial, you know, in most it, given that most uh, in most circumstances, when it comes to, Criminal trials, appeals take place after the fact, but Trump managed to sneak one fucking in because his lawyers are always making some asinine arguments uh, that that no courts typically ever, well, had to adjudicate. Anyway, so yeah, fun times. Again, there are a number of our friends on the internet who will give you more long form, in depth uh, analysis of of this this opinion by the DC circuit court of appeals. Uh, I, I personally like the Jack podcast with our homegirl Allison and, you know, Andy McBabe, if you're familiar with his work from his time as the former acting director of the FBI. Um, and his real name is McBabe. <laughs> this man has overcome a lot. <laughs> Andrew McCabe. Okay. Oh, <laughs> But yes, he has. Well, then the, Andrew McCabe must be. He's gotten everything handed up to him on, and everything handed to him on a silver plate. I assume if if you're calling him McBabe. All right. So here's a, another side tangent. So that's my point: is that attractive people are treated. So, um, Ag, you know the homie. She she's got two. Well, she's got a number of podcasts, but she she has podcasts with two co-hosts 
you know, from the former uh, Trump administration days and as well as like the former Mueller investigation days, uh, she does one Jack with Andrew McCabe. And she also does clean up on aisle 45 with Pete Strzok. Uh, You're familiar with those two individuals, correct? You know, those guys. Sure. No, I was listening. I know what you're talking about. (laughs) So Pete Strzok. I promised to disappoint you. I stopped. Yes. Yeah. I got all on these weird fucking tangents today. So Pete Strzok is a former FBI agent. Uh, of noteworthy acclaim from his role in the investigation of the Russian illegals. Uh, you can go ahead and Google that. That was a pretty incredible endeavor there uh, where Russians basically embedded some foreign spies into these. Uh, they basically put them in the covers in um, Canada and had them attempt to like use those covers to inf- infiltrate uh, different areas of like the American landscape from politics to, um, you know, academia and, and uh, anyway, long story short of that is Pete is basically a counter counterintelligence expert. Um, you know, you might know him more recently from being the guy who interviewed uh, what's that dickhead's name. Mike Flynn, that guy. Oh, that Dan. There's so many <laughs> When he was Trump's national security advisor and basically lied about his conversations with the Russians, which a number of other people associated with Trump would eventually engage in. So, yeah, that guy, Pete Strzok. So, Andrew McCabe, uh, you might remember him from, well, you know, when James Comey got the boot, somebody had to take his place. One keeps following up after the next. Yeah, so I am personally, as much as I love McBabe and as hot of a dude as as he is, I'm I'm more Team Pete. So I don't know how you guys feel about that. Like, we can put up a Twitter poll. Are you Team McBabe? Are you Team Pete Strzok? I don't know. Like, Pete's more of my alley. He's kind of, like, grumpy. And, well, yeah, he's definitely grumpy. It's not even kind of super grumpy uh he don't take no shit uh he's got like zero tolerance for stupidity so as you can imagine he's very not fond of republicans there is so um (laughs) again it's not this thing i really wanted to talk about but the one particular famous hearing that the house republicans held where they aired out all his fucking text messages and like here he is here's pete strzok fbi agent bias saying all this horrible stuff about trump in the 2016 election while he was on the Russia investigation. But like what they failed to leave out was all the stuff he was saying about Hillary Clinton too, which was like, while I'm not a fan of his opinion, he clearly ain't biased. He hates everyone equally. <laughs> anyway. All right. Uh, yeah. Just a uh, side, side tangent over hopefully for the rest of this podcast. Uh, I'm putting Todd asleep here. Uh, if, you know, it might be the Svetka. Hey, look, maybe you don't need no sheets and from sheets and giggles. You can just get you some Svetka vodka. Um, Colin is going to kill me. Um. <laughs> yes. The, oh, sheets and giggles. There. <laughs> He's like, this is not. If you, if you can't book. afford to have sheets and giggles, you might as well drink seven shots and pass the fuck out. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> to each their own. I, too, am having a. 
Yeah, I didn't have a dry January. I'll tell you that much. Um, all right, kids. So me too. You can tell my jokes being sucky. Okay. So, um, Republicans in the House of Representatives, despite having a bipartisan bill presented to them by the Senate, decided to tank the bill uh, in the House of Representatives, even though it was a bill of their dreams for all intents and purposes, intensive purposes. Um, so this border bill, like you can get into the specifics of it if you want. Uh, there was a, a, a lot of funding in there for basically what we would consider our pet pot projects on the left. Um, you know, aid for Gaza, a little bit of money for Israel, largely supporting uh, Ukraine and defending themselves against Russia. Quite a few other things, some some um, concessions uh, that we were asking Republicans to make on uh, asylum seekers here. I mean, it's a whole whole uh, smorgasbord of things in exchange for what I would consider to be some pretty fairly fucking extreme border policies. Like if Republicans pass this shit, if a Republican was president and passed this bill, like they would worship him the way they worship Reagan. Uh, and you can take that as a slur if you'd like, considering how terrible of a fucking president Reagan was. And like the irony of this is they've spent all these months, I guess, technically, Carol, they've they've spent years, if not decades, uh, attacking immigration at the border. And now they finally have a chance to make will get all of the things that they have on their wish list. And they're like, nah, we can't do this shit because Trump don't want us to because he wants to campaign on it. It was insane. It was crazy. <laughs> uh, they can't get you done. And that's their, that's their campaign. That's the campaign slogan. They well, I mean, it's basically it. like when in 2020, when Trump was, his campaign slogan was like, look at Biden's America. And it's like, you know, his country that he was still currently running. Um, and, then, <laughs> and now he's like, Hey, come your back memory- and let me solve Wait, another problem I saw. I created. Your memory is incredible. Oh, um, because it reminded me of that AI video ad, AI generated video ad that they created. It was like Biden's America. And then it just showed a whole bunch of images from 2020 when Trump was president. That was insane. <laughs> well, sounds like you have some pretty good memory too. But I, yes, I was, I successfully elicited that imagery in oh. your green hole. You did, because I had totally forgotten about that shit. Um, that was wild. I mean, look, 2020 was cra- Look, 2020, as insane as it was, now that I think about it, it's probably not going to have anything on 2024. And, and, and hundreds of thousands of people died in 2020. <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I don't know. Carol, like, just... These people, man, they fucking drive me insane. Like, it's one thing to to pass on the border bill because you don't think it's good politics. It's another thing to, like, cave to an insane person who was telling you don't pass the border bill because it's not good politics so he can run on it in 2024. Like, like you can't tell me this thing is such a, such a, like, pertinent emergency and it needs to be solved immediately, but also we can't pass a bill to fix it. Um, 
vote for me in 2024. Like, what the fuck? I don't understand. I just. <sighs> Again, and he all, he's also causing the problem. So, but I guess, you know, anyone who vote would vote for him wouldn't have made that connection. Mm, I mean, well, the thing is, it's not, and it's also not just that they're not passing it. Trump's out here like, yeah, blame me. And, and Biden's like making ads out of the shit. And he's like, okay. <laughs> it is so like, wild. Blame me, it's my fault. fault yeah. Fault. Just, <laughs> it's, Nothing it's, at all. It is Nothing wild. Well, it's definitely driving a wedge between Republicans in the House. Uh, Cause there a lot of Republicans are like, Hey, you know, if you put this bill on the floor, we would pass it. And that's exactly why Ron Johnson being a bitch and ain't putting it on the floor. Cause they don't want Biden to get credit for fixing the border, even though they could just do what they've been doing and like pass the bill, get what they want, but also lie and say, it's not good enough. I don't know. I just, I hope no Republican strategists are listening to this podcast. And, and uh, they're all such fucking pussies. Like, uh, not one of them can overcome the prisoner's dilemma, or they just don't uh, want to. Carol, like, they, I mean, I prefer not, you not to refer to them as pussies because I eat pussy. Uh, I would never eat Republicans. Well, if you ate them, they'd go away and die. Well, I mean, I don't typically. Not pussies. Okay. But yeah, it's, yeah. So, uh, prisoner's dilemma game theory reference it's like the reason why these morons can't break free of trump is because the more of them that would band together in opposition to republican insanity the more it would incentivize the few to cling closer to trump to gain more power and therefore it would negate the actions of anyway it just yeah it's a never-ending vicious cycle of Republican stupidity over here. Uh, and on Not that just stupidity, they're cowards. I mean, <laughs> and okay. Cowardice, cowardice they're, they're, plus stupidity equals MAGA. Republicans. They're willing to see how long they can delay the long-term ramifications of their actions versus like, they're willing to ride on the, you know, the short-term lie or whatever is going on for as long as they can. And it's apparently been four fucking years. I thought it would be. It's been longer than that. So I know, but I I just mean like insurrection wise. (laughs) Okay. I'm glad you brought this up. We're going off on another side tangent. I'm sorry for hogging the microphone today and not shutting the fuck up. Uh, But, you know, given that one of our co-hosts is asleep, uh, one of us has to pick up the slack. So it's not going to be me. The the idea of Republicans (laughs) For going, uh, you know, making a decision in the present moment that would probably benefit them long term, but be painful in the immediate future. Uh, it, it, it hasn't started with like this. Like there are so many points in which Republicans could have gotten rid of Trump and they would be on track to possibly compete in the 2024 election, if not win. And like, you know, again, uh, the one that obviously comes to mind is, you know, January, February of 2021. After the insurrection, they had the opportunity to just have 10 senators draw straws and, and join the rest of the Senate in impeaching Trump and forbidding him from ever holding office again. Like that probably would have been the easiest way to do it. 
yeah, you got a handful of Republican senators who upon the next GOP election, uh, where they were, uh, you know, on the ballot, get voted out of office. You probably never, you know, do anything in politics again, but Hey, you know, all your conservative donor friends pitch together, get them a fucking job where they don't get to do any work and they just get to collect a paycheck and, and move off into irrelevance, albeit, you know, well compensated irrelevance. Uh, that's, that's probably if they could have had any foresight, that seems a lot better than what they're dealing with now. (laughs) Right. But that wasn't, that wasn't their only opportunity. Like they had a note, like just when Trump lost the election in November, 2020, they could have been like, all right, it's over. Instead, like he let them, they, they, they banded together to feed the public the lie that he somehow had the election stolen from him, even though like the only people who stole the 2020 election from him were the voters. Right. But that's not like the only opportunity they had. They had an opportunity in his first impeachment when he tried to use the powers of the office of the president to blackmail the president of Ukraine into opening a bogus investigation into Hunter Biden. And this was before Biden was even the nominee. Like they had the opportunity to get him up out of the fucking office then. Then they could have been like, all right, we, we're done with this dude. Let's get Mike Pence in here. Like we'll, we'll all rally behind Mike Pence who have some credibility from being the president. And we'll put him on the 2020 ballot. Like, you know, again, like the power of incumbency, he probably would have won, especially given that like the pandemic would have still happened. But Mike Pence would have managed it slightly less incompetently uh before that obviously they had every opportunity uh like say with the Mueller report when that thing dropped instead of having bill Barr come out here and tell these fucking lies that it was complete and total exoneration since trump wasn't getting indicted which was a total spin because anyone who's read the the Mueller report is like oh it was all kind of fucking crimes in here and not to mention that they was hanging around more Russians than we had ever thought was possible. Thing was just littered with fucking uh, potential Russian agents. And not to mention like the multiple obstruction crimes in volume two, like they could have rallied behind getting rid of his ass. Then I mean, go, even go back even further. Like the second it comes out that Trump jr. Is meeting with the Russians in Trump tower to get dirt uh, was to get dirt on Hillary Clinton in 2016 before the election. Like that might've been a good opportunity to be like, Hey man, let's just get rid of this dude. Like he's bad news, but no, they, they've decided that in the, you know, in, in the immediate moment, it was far worth it for them politically to like tie themselves to this dude. Or, I mean, I guess in these particular instances, prop him up in such a way that when he eventually falls down he drags them with him but yeah they decided it's like crazy all these people were able to fall for it and they think it um it's exactly the kind of crisis of masculinity that these same people talk about except that they have no idea what they're talking about and the crisis <laughs> that these people are are raised to be fucking stupid and short-sighted um not not have empathy foresight um just any of the things that make you a functional human being. What was I talking about? 
<laughs> I think you were talking about them like accusing what was it Netflix of making Alexander the Great gay? No. That? <laughs> yes, yes, that's exactly what I said. Sure. Uh, you know what? I don't even like, remember. Great observation it... of me. I'm a genius. Well, uh, right. no wonder you have me on the show. <laughs> all right. Totally off topic again. So there's some account on, on the Twitter uh, Twix, as I like to refer to it internally. That's like a, the combination of Twitter plus X you get Twix. And then of course, like, cause you know, we're not Republicans. We're left Twix. Anyway, um, that was a very lame candy joke observation. Uh, yeah, there was this account. I don't know. I can't remember. It was, maybe it was Libs of TikTok. I don't know. It was one of those uh, Libs of TikTok level Twitter accounts that was out here, like, um, you know, trying to watch the document or the, I guess it's a docu-series or documentary about Alexander the Great. And eight minutes in, Netflix made him gay. And I'm like, clearly, you need to crack open a history book or like even just Wikipedia. Cause I mean, it's well known. First of all, I don't understand like what the Greeks was doing way back in the day. Uh, they were a lot more sexually open than, than we are currently. But yeah, Alexander the Great, uh, well known bisexual, probably like, dudes a little bit more than 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 the ladies um, as most bisexual men do no i'm just kidding i don't know most bisexual men uh yeah i don't know i, I don't have enough have not asked them yeah i don't have enough input on that from personal experience to to lean one way or the other in that regard i'm sorry guys i made a strong drink and now i'm being a dick <laughs> and I always say people should use those excuses. Well, if if you're being a dick, uh, Alexander the Great would suck you. 